how to start. Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're modern. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to Creative Principles. I'm your host, Brock Swinson. In this podcast interview series, I'll be speaking with writers, directors, actors, musicians, chefs, and various other types of creatives as we bridge the gap between creativity and productivity. Here we'll be discussing the habits, routines, and lessons that help promote a successful creative life. If this is your first time listening, make sure to subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. Make sure to also check out Freelancer Class, where you can learn how to become a freelancer full-time or part-time. The online course will teach you how to make money online as a writer, marketer, designer, virtual assistant, accountant, or salesperson. Stay tuned after the show to learn how to get access for free to this $99 valued freelancer course, along with some other free items on our website, creativeprinciples.live. Solar's Point tells the story of Keith, a 24-year-old newly released from prison who is under house arrest in Baltimore. He's trying to establish himself, but he's having problems breaking free from the bonds of being behind bars. Writer-director Matthew Porterfield realized he was fascinated with Baltimore while working on his first few screenplays at NYU. This is his fourth film, and all are connected by the setting where he grew up. In this interview, Porterfield talks about the city as an inspiration, writing characters that can erupt at any time, being true to the community of the project, and how novice filmmakers can create movies in their area by using the resources they may have. Honestly, my beginnings are not that auspicious. I was dating a young woman in college who was studying film. I was studying psychology and falling asleep in my lecture classes. But I saw her having fun making movies. And it seemed to combine a lot of the arts that I was interested in coming up, um, photography, uh, fine arts, uh, dramatic arts. I mean, I, I was really into theater in high school. And also just uh, my love for the natural world. Uh, I grew up watching, like, you know, um, Living Planet and Life on Earth and uh, all those David Attenborough specials on on TV, so I was like, suddenly I got into it, helping her out on her on her shoots, and and caught the bug, and it was like home. Were you attending school in Baltimore area at the time? I studied film at NYU to school of the arts. So you've made, I think, that, uh, correct me if I'm wrong about any of this, but I think this is your fourth film. Uh, all of your films have been shot in Baltimore, Maryland. Even the star of this film, McCall Lombardi, is is from Baltimore. Um, what's kind of your initial interest in the city and, and how do you find inspiration in Baltimore? I guess I, I didn't realize that I wanted to tell, to tell stories in Baltimore um, until I was like in New York uh, and faced with the task of writing. And, you know, all the stories I was, I was writing were set in Baltimore. All the images in my, in my head came from Baltimore. Um, and they were nostalgic. They were images from my youth, from the neighborhood where I grew up. Summer, summertime images, lots of above-ground swimming pools, and, uh, wiffle ball games, and uh, 
BMX biking and stuff like that, uh, skateboarding, um, backyards. I don't know. It was a it was a like a, a set like uh, of uh, light motif that like I, I kind of couldn't shake, and so um, I moved back to to Baltimore to to, to write my first uh, feature script and 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 make my first film, Hamilton. So you've worked as the writer and the director. It sounds like you've done uh, at least part of the location scouting, if not all of it as well. Do you see these various roles as kind of parts of the same job as a storyteller? Yeah, because I always begin location scouting um, while I'm still writing. You know, I might not have an image in my head for a particular location, so I'll take my bike out or, or drive around uh, a specific neighborhood looking for the type of house or the type of building um, that might fit a particular scene. Now, I work closely with the locations manager, or at least I have on my last three films, Putty Hill through Sawyer's Point, and his name is Eric Bannett, and he works or worked on The Wire and also House of Cards, and so he's got a knowledge of Baltimore that, that, that far surpasses mine, and, and, you know, we'll look at my script and say, we, we ought to go here, let's... Let's check out this street, or I know a cul-de-sac, or um, uh, a bridge that that you know that that kind of fits your description. Um, so it's a it's a collaboration now. Uh, but I'm yeah I'm usually location scouting on my own uh, at a preliminary stage while while I'm still writing the screenplay. So where did this new film begin? What was your original like spark of inspiration to start writing this story? I spent some time with a friend of mine who was on home detention, and it was the image of the ankle bracelet, the little literal shackle, and his limited mobility that that, that really interested me. Um, you know, watching him communicate with the world, he could leave his house but only go as far as his front porch. That is until uh, he got a job um, and was granted uh, an exception to to leave home. You know, he could make phone calls, he could uh, use the internet, he could, you know, watch uh, through his windows, but but his mobility was severely limited, and uh, and I, I, that was the image that haunted me and, and where, the, where the project started. What other aspects did you put into that protagonist, Keith? I know, like, one thing, he listens to metal music. What, what, other, what else did you kind of put in there to make him a more rounded character? Yeah, he listens to metal. He's, a, he's an artist. He can he can draw really good. And that was important because I, I I like writing characters that that have uh, some form of creative expression in their lives. I think you know it's what saved my life. And I write characters that that are in difficult situations oftentimes, but but it's that it's that creative outlet that 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 helps them find a way through. Um, I knew he was impulsive. Uh, I knew that he was uh, good with women, um, charismatic, likable, um, but also angry, kind of with a coiled-up energy uh, that could erupt at any time. Well, a lot of your films kind of revolve around community. How do you ensure that you're, you know, on the one hand being true to Baltimore, but on the other hand uh, creating something that's relatable to viewers possibly unfamiliar with the area? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, uh, I'm thinking about both for for sure. But I find that if I'm true to the to the community, if I'm if I'm true to Baltimore, if I keep it real, so to speak, uh, even though it's it's uh, a local reality, it's gonna it's gonna transcend and and 
and play to a to a wider audience. At least that's what I've you know, found. My films they tour places like Europe and, and Latin America, and and people connect with the themes, see things that are familiar to them, um, even if they're they're regionally distinct. So yeah, I just try to work really closely with with what I see around me, and I, I live in Baltimore. I'm based there, so I have have unfettered access. You know, it's like I know the city well, and I I, I know its people, and I talk to anybody and ask questions, and um, yeah, try to just uh, tap into the the fabric of of, of reality that that is needed to support um, sort of uh, filmic uh, realism. As you keep exploring the city, um, are you starting to see connections between your films that, that you maybe didn't see at first because of that connection of the city? Yeah, I think so. Definitely. I mean, um, some of those kind of leitmotifs identified earlier, I wouldn't have been able to identify uh, you know, at first. I mean, I think they've, they've come through the process of making several films of repetition. Um, but also, yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, I'm, I'm developing a body of work that's like what's become clear to me, and uh, it explores the diversity of experience um, within the working class. And I think, uh, you know, they're, they're very American films. They're films that, that all deal with family. Um, the stories about people in a sort of liminal space trying to decide how to respond to uh, stimulate, whether it's positive or negative. Um, there are mothers and fathers who are absent in all of my films. Um, drugs are a reoccurring theme, um, as is you know, uh, the illegal economy surrounding it. So, yeah, I don't know why these things keep coming up for me, but, but I think about Baltimore and they're, they're things that, that touch all of our lives in the city. So. Uh, perhaps it's just that, that they're, they're the part of the world that, that uh, I've chose to live in. It seems like a really interesting well to dive into as well. It, 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 like poss- like you're, it seems like now you're going the width-wise of the city, but you could always go deeper with that and possibly even follow someone like you know Richard Linklater who will go and follow a story and, and catch up with those characters later. Is there anything like that that's a possibility, or are there characters you want to go back and revisit? That's interesting. Um, well, in some ways, some ways, I think about Hamilton, Putty Hill, and Sawyer's Point as a trilogy, and in a way, I think they visit the same male character, just in different iterations. In Hamilton, you have a young man who's uh, trying to deal with the responsibility of being a father, faced with few job prospects, um, unhappy in his life. In Putty Hill, that character is absent, dead from a heroin overdose. In Sawyer's Point, you have that character actively selling drugs, also looking for work and faced with uh, a sort of meaningless situation. Um, you know, I think uh, they're yeah, they're iterations on, on, on the same same guy. And it would be interesting to look at an older version of, of this character. I have some ideas, but someone, you know, in their in their forties or fifties approaching 
middle-aged, dealing with some of the decisions that they made when they were young, but also uh, with a life and a family and uh, increased responsibilities and, and, and new hope. A lot of our listeners are, are novice filmmakers or, or young writers kind of entering the profession. What advice do you have for those people who want to start making their own films about their areas that are not, you know, in, the, in L.A. or New York? Where do they start and um, what would be the best place for them to get going with something like that? Yeah, I mean, I say go for it and start small. I mean, I, I'm always trying to encourage my students. I, I teach at a local university uh, to write about what they know and keep it contained and keep in mind their limited economy. Um, you know, not just the fact that they'll probably be operating on a on a micro budget, but also like what what resources do they have? And write write with those resources in mind. For example, you know, if you can use your parents' house set a scene there. If you have access to your um, high school gymnasium, set a scene there. If you're looking for uh, a swimming pool and you happen to belong to a swim club, uh, write for that. Um, Use the things in your life that that surround you. Um, Try to get as much as you can for for free. I mean, one of the things I I think about working outside of the the major industry hubs is that, you know, people get more excited about uh, the prospect of filmmaking. Film comes to town, it's a special thing. It's, you know, people aren't <laughs> dealing with it every day like they are in, in New York and L.A. It's not old hat. But you come through with a movie project and the cameras, and people, people are genuinely excited and want to be a part of it and support you. So you can get a lot of in-kind services, free food, um, free equipment, uh, free rentals, um, and facilities, and then, you know, uh, you also just get a, 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 you know, a genuine level of excitement that can can translate to uh, a kind of energy that that'll that'll buoy the production through the hardest times. So, I would say, yeah, write with your economy in mind and use what you have around you. Do you have any advice for those people that, you know, a lot of people they will tell you to write what you know. Um, but they they get too familiar with themselves, I guess. They almost see it as boring. How do they kind of, you know, learn to their story is interesting? Is there, a, is there any practice they could do to kind of realize what they actually do have around them besides, like, settings and things like that? Mm. Well, I mean, I think you have to start writing to, to realize whether you're, you're, what you're writing is boring or not. I mean, you have to give it a, you have to give it a try. I mean, my, my litmus test is if I'm, if I'm boring myself, then I should probably go in another direction. And I, I bore myself all the time. It's like, then I know I've hit a dead end or I need to try something something new. I mean, I think the the images should, should haunt you. You should have something. You should see something. You should start with an image that you really can't shake. Hold on to that. Begin to ask questions of it, you know, and those questions will have answers that will lead to, to, to clues that pertain to character and scene. Um, focus on the action because I think action is interesting. Uh, you know, what, what is happening in a particular location? If the location interests you, if it's something that feels vibrant, if, if it lives in your head, then it'll probably live on the page and interest somebody else. So I think it's just like trust yourself um, and your own predilection for boredom. And if you're, yeah, if, you're, if, if you're losing interest in the material, then probably need to redirect your attention. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Before you leave, don't forget to sign up for the weekly newsletter where you also get free access to the freelancer course, 
Master the Freelancer Mindset. This system will teach you exactly how to find clients online, which includes step one, the psychology of the mindset, step two, how to create a killer profile, and step three, how to find quality clients. This online course is valued at $99. It can be yours for free. In addition to the free course, you'll get access to the ebook, How Hollywood Screenwriters Annihilate Writer's Block. This contains advice from Aaron Sorkin, Carrie Fukunaga, and William Monahan. You can find all of this and more on creativeprinciples.live. Visit the website for new interviews, articles, and the daily blog. That's creativeprinciples.live.